listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I want to get into this um, today because we're in part three. If you missed the other parts, go back and, uh, and catch those Monday and Tuesday, parts one and two, um, where we're dealing with these five obstacles that really hold Christians back from being financially blessed, walking in financial freedom. That's God's desire for you. God's desire is that you be abundantly blessed in every area of life, including finances, which I don't understand why people don't preach that. I know that there's persecution. People think you're uh, some kind of a false prophet. They think you're greedy. They think you're too focused on things. No, it's God's word. God wants you to be financially blessed. God wants you to be financially blessed. He cares about his children. And um, on the the first day of this series, we kind of covered Um, three natural things that kind of fall under the same category. That was the first obstacle. Three natural things that hold people back that even though God is blessing them, they can't retain the blessing. It's like they can't hold on to what God's given them. It's like what the Bible calls it, um, putting their money in a bag with holes. And uh, you don't want that. You want to be able to not only be blessed, but to retain the blessing that God's putting in your life. And so we covered those uh, what we called one uh, A, B, and C on Monday. Yesterday, I dealt with um, not allowing your giving to be separated from expectation. There has to be a massive expectation in God's system, in His power to bless you. You never just give flippantly. We give with a mighty expectation to receive supernatural blessings from God. This is a supernatural system, by the way. This is not some natural thing. It's a supernatural thing. And God curates or watches over his own system. It's not a system between you, God, and the devil, and you're just hoping the devil doesn't interfere with your blessings. No, it's a system between you and the Lord himself. And God said, when you activate my system, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. God does the work of rebuking the devourer for you. And so it's between you and God. But today is part three, and this is heavy in my spirit today. I I got excited about it just reading this morning and getting prepared because, man, does this provoke the blessing of God in your life? This is what I'm getting ready to teach you uh, in this session. This provokes the blessing of God in your life. I want to start with Psalm 127, and uh, you can turn there with me. I'll read you this one verse of scripture. We'll set the tone for what you're going to see in the word of God today. Good morning, Erica. Great to see you. Lynn Ann, good to see you. Jackie Blake, Liz Mendez is in the house. Joan, um, is it Joan or Joanne? Joanne Waters, Joan Waters. It looks like Joan and it looks like Joanne. Good morning, Alicia. Um, Psalm 127, let me read you this first verse, so that you can catch this in your spirit, sets the whole tone. The Bible says, unless the Lord 
builds the house. Those who build it labor in vain. Let me stop right there. Joanne. Okay, making sure. Joanne. <laughs> it's Joanne, not Joan. They both sound good. Um, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Get that. Those who build it labor in vain. Their work is for nothing. They're pushing forward for nothing. Unless the Lord's building the house. Same thing. Keep going. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So let me just stop right there because here's the basis for today. Unless the Lord builds the house, unless the Lord is watching over or guarding the city. And so I want to deal with this third area, this third obstacle today, which is the plan and purpose of God. So if you're taking notes, you can put it in the comments. Number three, the plan and purpose of God. What is the obstacle that keeps most people back from being blessed? They are either ignorant of the plan and purpose of God, or they have rejected the plan and purpose of God. And when I say rejected, it's not that they're fighting against God knowingly. It's just that even though God has given them a purpose, though God has given them a calling, they are either not putting their attention into it, their focus on it, or, and, and by doing so, maybe going after other things, peripheral things, things on the side, things that don't matter. So the purpose and the plan of God, attacking your purpose, going after your calling, obeying the leading of the spirit is a massive key to provoking the blessing of God upon your life. A massive key. Massive key. That's why this verse is so important. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. I don't want to work in vain. I don't want to work in vain. I want my work to not only produce fruit, but I want my fruit to remain. And so I want you, I'm going to show you some things and tell you some stories today. It's mind blowing how when you just simply do what God tells you to do, the blessings of God flow into your obedience. The blessings of God flow into your obedience. I remember when I was a younger minister, I was, you know, you try to, you want to be as humble as you can be. The Bible teaches humility. You never want to be a know-it-all. You always want to be constantly learning. And so, especially when I was real young in the ministry, right out of Bible school and in Bible school, anytime I would meet a man of God that had done great things for the Lord, I would ask them a question and I would always ask them the same question, which was this, because many times those men were far older than me, many times in their sixties and seventies, some in their eighties. And I would say to them, I'd say, if you could go back in time and tell the 20 year old version of yourself or the 30 year old version of yourself, one thing, what would it be? What would it be? And it's funny because though I'd asked this question and many of these men, they didn't even know each other. They didn't, they didn't know each other. They were not collaborating on their answers. Many of them, I'd say 90 some percent of them gave me the exact same answer. It was always mind blowing to me to hear another person say, yeah, this is what I would tell the 20 year old version of myself, the 30 year old version of myself. And do you know what their answer was? 
many of them, 90 some percent would say this. If I could go back and tell myself one thing, it would be this. Find out what God wants you to do and then do that thing with all of your might. Do that thing with all of your might and do only that thing. They would always add that and do only that thing. As to say, don't get caught up doing other things that don't matter. Don't get caught up doing other things that have nothing to do with the call of God that's upon your life, but do the thing God has told you to do, that God's called you to do. Very, very important. The purpose and the plan of God. The purpose and the plan of God for your life. The Bible says that those who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. So because we have the Holy Spirit as believers, and this month at Miracle Word Church, we're doing a series on the Holy Ghost advantage. We have an advantage over everybody else in this earth by having the Holy Spirit living in us, dwelling in us. And so because we have the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to be led by his spirit. He speaks to us. He can tell us what to do, where to go, what to say, what to get involved in, what not to get involved in. The leading of the Holy Spirit. And your life is very important. Don't ever believe the lie that your life is meaningless. Don't ever believe the lie that your life doesn't matter. You as a part of the kingdom of God and the body of Christ are very vital. Your life is important. And I want you to write that in the comments today. My life is important. That's why it's important not to waste your life because your life is important. God has called you, set you apart, anointed you for a purpose. My life, your life is important. There's no question about it. You say, well, I don't do this. People make the mistake of comparing themselves. Well, I don't do this. I don't, I'm not a crusade evangelist. I don't know. I don't own a business. I'm not a pastor. It doesn't matter what God called you to do because what he called you to do is important. And because it is, you have to take it seriously and go after. That's why I'm always amazed when we don't teach our young people, um, to wait on the Lord for his instruction. I'm always amazed that we try to rush young people into decisions, try to rush young people into making future decisions. Hurry up, pick a college. You need to apply to college. Just apply to a bunch of them. See which one takes you. You know, you need to pick a, pick a career. Hurry up, pick a career. You need to know what you're going to do. Stop drifting through college, doing general studies, focus, pick a career. Don't pick anything. Pray fast and discover from the Holy Spirit what God wants you to do with your life because it will determine the blessing that's upon your life. It will determine the blessing that's upon your life. And so the Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house. So that means that God is building something in and through you and you have to align yourself with what God is building and reject things that he's not doing. You know, it's like, it's like Nehemiah. If you've ever read about, uh, you know, the prophet Nehemiah, why was he downcast? Why, why, why was his countenance uh, brought low? The king noticed it. He said, I've never seen you like this before. Why are you like this? He said, because I'm standing here 
while the walls of my nation, my city, they're torn down and, and, and it's weighing heavy on me. And the king says, go and do, do, go and do what you're called to do. So what does he do? He gathers the men to start rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. So as they're rebuilding the walls, what happens? There are men who come and really they have a plan to destroy Nehemiah, obviously, wicked men. And notice what they do. They'll come up to him while he's working, while everybody's working. Hey, come down off the wall so that we can talk to you. Come down off the wall so that we can meet with you. It's a distraction. Notice he's engaged in his purpose. He's engaged in his calling. But then the enemy sends people to try to get him away from his purpose, his calling. And if you read the story, they had the intention to kill him. So the enemy wants to send distractions into your life to pull you away from the thing God's called you to do. Wants to pull you back from the thing that you're anointed to accomplish. Amen. And you have to be wary. I'm not taking my hand off the plow. I'm not going to give up on the thing God has called me to accomplish. It's, it's different for every person, but every person is required, every believer to pursue the Holy Spirit and discover what is it that the Lord has asked me to do? What's my calling? What's my purpose? See, because when you obey the Holy Spirit, when you pursue his purpose, the blessing shows up. The blessing shows up. You know why? Because God pays for what he orders. Put it in your notes. Put it in the comments. Never forget it. God pays for what he orders. God pays for what he orders. You know, I found this out even early on in my ministry. Early on in my ministry. And we were just believing God, you know, to uh, increase. You know, we had no staff. We had no help, really. Love you, Pastor Tony. There's an anointed man of God. Um, and I'm going to call you this week, Tony, by the way. I'm going to call you and talk to you about some stuff. Um, early in my ministry... I started to realize that if we would just simply pursue what the Lord told us to do, then God would take care of everything. God would take care of everything. So you may remember me telling this story, you know, uh, there before anything like Facebook live was available or Periscope or Twitter live or YouTube live or any at Twitch, there were no streaming services uh, on social media. Now there were things like live stream. Uh, and things like that, but it was a website, livestream.com. And if you wanted to live stream your church services or do like what we're doing right now, you had to go through a company like Livestream, and then you had to uh, you had to embed it on a website page that you had, which was you know people had to find the website page, and you know you had to draw traffic to your website. And uh, but I felt that we were we were to start doing that in our revival services. Well, this was very early on in our ministry, and. Um, you know, we didn't have the equipment we have now. We didn't have the partners we have now, the resources we have now. And so I knew we were going to have to buy a broadcast camera, professional stuff uh, to take with us in these different meetings because churches didn't even have it back then. Like churches weren't even uh, doing any kind of live streaming for the most part. And so we set our faith because I knew the Lord had spoken to us to start streaming our services. So we got the gear and everything that we... Uh, all lined up. This is what we'll need. This is what we'll need. This is what we'll need. And we made a list and got ready. 
Well, as I just stepped forward to obey the Lord, because see, it wasn't my idea. The Lord led me. Start streaming your revival services on live stream. Start streaming them. And so um, we, we, we set everything up that we needed. I'm standing at another person's meeting. It wasn't even my revival. And I was standing at the altar. And when, when I was standing at the altar, somebody walked right up to me and said, hey, I know you're believing for streaming gear. How much is it going to cost you to get all the stuff that you need, the cameras, all the streaming stuff, whatever? And I had already, we knew how much it was going to be. So I told him it's going to be about this much. He said, all right, I feel in my spirit to write one check and buy all the stuff that you need. We didn't even have partners at that time like that. We didn't have, we didn't have resources, gears. The Lord spoke to us to do it. I stepped out, got it together, said, Lord, we're stepping forward, doing it. And as soon as we said yes to the Lord, God sent someone who said, I feel in my spirit to be the one that purchases all of that gear for your ministry and paid cash and began to take it out, do what the Lord was telling us to do. The Lord provided immediately as we stepped forward in obedience. Hallelujah. Good morning, Shanna. And and so we stepped forward. Well, we started um, live streaming our revival services. And we'd go to the churches. And as I said, a lot of churches didn't even, they didn't have cameras. They didn't have anything. You know, so this was like new to everybody. We were actually just laughing about this. Um, A couple of days ago, I was talking to Jenna. And and, and early, early on when she came onto the ministry, uh, she remembers we had to carry this little red box around. And uh, it was like it had to connect somehow to the internet. I don't even remember how we connected to the internet, but we had to connect it to the internet somehow. And you had to find on the thing, like how to, how to get it. It was like, it was way different than it is now. And that we had this huge broadcast camera that we'd bring around and we had this big old tripod. We'd carry a big, you know, hard cases in uh, to the churches and set this, this big old broadcast camera up wherever we went. And churches didn't, a lot of churches didn't even have TV lighting. So, you know, it'd be like the stream was dark and, and everything like that. It was like a hot spot, Liz. That's exactly right. And so we'd, we'd hook it up, connect the camera to that red box and, and everything and start streaming. Well, we're streaming. So uh, shortly after we began streaming, um, I was, I think, at a, like a theme park with my family. And I get a call and... Um, Somebody says to me, hey, I just wanted you to know that I have a connection with this local radio guy here. He has a regional, he runs the regional radio station, covers this whole region of the East Coast. Uh, It was down around Virginia where where I was living at the time. Covers this whole region. They're looking for, you know, preaching to go on this radio program, radio station. They want preaching programs. And I said, well... I said, you know, I, I don't know. I said, I, I, uh, I said I'll, I'll think about it. You know, I'll pray about it. I've not had any instructions, you know, from the Lord to, to go on the radio or anything like that. So I said, let me pray about it. I'll get back to you. And they said, all right, that's fine. So I hung up. I mean, it wasn't a couple hours later. I get another call from a guy that doesn't even know the first guy. They don't have any connection whatsoever. This guy calls me up like two. I'm still at the theme park. And this guy says to me, hey, just wanted to let you know, I have a connection with a guy that runs the largest radio station in the whole region, covers 
all of New England. And uh, they're looking for uh, preaching programs to go on the, uh, their, radio, their radio station. Well, I did, I, I'm not a dummy, you know. I realized the Lord was confirming this to me. He's opening doors for me to do something. Though, though it wasn't my plan. See, this is what I want you to get in your spirit. Though it wasn't my plan. I didn't have any plans. I didn't sit down in a planning session and say, I feel that this, you know, this month we should make plans to start a radio ministry. It wasn't my plan. I had no plan to go preach on the radio. But the Lord was showing me, I'm opening these doors for you. Obviously, you know, the devil wasn't opening the doors for me. I wasn't opening the doors for myself. People don't even know who I am. But in the same day, you got two people with regional radio stations that want you to come on and preach. I, and I, I, got the, I got the hint very quickly. I said, yes, Lord, I will do it. And so I was excited about it. However, again, it was early in our ministry. Uh, and I believe this was shortly after we had purchased the, um, the, the cameras and stuff to do the live stream and all that. So uh, at our next revival, I was just giving the testimony. I was like, man... The Lord has opened the door for us to start preaching on the radio, preaching on the radio. And so it was very interesting because um, I didn't have any gear. <laughs> not only did I not have camera gear until the Lord provided it, I didn't have any gear to make a radio program, nor did I have any radio programs made already. And so I was, only thing I was doing was giving the testimony that the Lord opened the doors. And so I, I stood up and just said, hey, just want to give you a testimony. God's going to give us the ability potentially to reach all these families through preaching on the radio. And I was giving the testimony like that. As soon as that service came to an end, I can remember it. I was in uh, Oakboro, North Carolina that night um, at Gleaning Mission Church. I was at Oakboro, North Carolina, and uh, I, I gave that announcement, gave that testimony. We leave the service that night, and we go uh, over to... Uh, Applebee's in Albemarle. And um, we're sitting down, I'm at the pastor's and everything, and I get a text message on my phone. Heard you're going on the radio. <laughs> I was like, man, at, at the time, it kind of like surprised me because it was like, it was somebody that was not in the service, nor were they from that area. And uh, I was like, um, <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, forgetting you know, people can be tuning in on the live stream. Remember, this was all new. Like, people weren't doing this a lot. So it, like, struck me because it was like, oh. Then I, then I realized, like, they probably were, were watching in on the live stream when I, gave the, when I gave the testimony. Heard you're going on the radio. Yes. Yes, I am. I thought it was a preacher, so I thought they were going to rebuke me and be like, let me tell you, I know you're going on the radio, but you need to be thinking about TV. That's, you know, I, I thought I was going to get a rebuke. But, uh, no, it was actually a blessing. And uh, the preacher said to me, heard you're going on the radio. Yes. Yes, I am. He said, how much does it cost for you to be on those stations? And so I sent him the information. I said, it's going to cost about this much a month. And he sends me a message back. Send me your bank account information because tomorrow I'm going to have my office wire you the money to pay for two months of your radio broadcasts. And just like that, the Lord covered two months of our radio broadcast. The next day, we're, remember, we're in this revival. Somebody in the revival, somebody walks up and says to us, crying, I feel the Lord speaking to me to pay and sow a seed to pay for an entire month 
of those radio broadcasts that you gave the testimony about. And there, in just two days, there's the third month completely paid for. I get a call on the phone. <laughs> Another person, heard you're going on the radio. Yes, yes, I'm going on the radio. The Lord spoke to me and my husband to pay for another month of that, the radio broadcast. And I'm telling you, it was like one, two, three, that quickly, though, again, back then we didn't really have partners. We didn't have the same resources. We didn't have gear, but the Lord, see, just by saying yes to his plan and his purpose, the Lord's increase, the financial increase that we needed to do what God's called us to do came right in by, by what? By saying yes, by saying yes, by stepping out to the calling and the purpose of God that's upon your life, being led by the Holy Ghost. And so without any programs even being made, without any of the gear, nothing was even done, God took care of four months of bills just like that, just supernaturally, just like that. Shortly after that, the Lord was leading my wife and I to hold our very first uh, independent crusade um, outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, and we were setting up um, a tent to, to do an outdoor event like we're going to do uh, next week with that my father's setting up his tent in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, it was the same thing, setting up the tent. In fact, I was setting up my father's tent, that he, his old one that he used to have, I think that was two tents ago. Um, and so we set it up and um, I, I knew by the time we calculated the expenses that uh, at the, it was going to cost us just at or, or a little bit over $20,000 to do that event. Well, that's the biggest thing we'd ever done at the time. I mean, that was huge for us to do a, a 20, 000, a week, a one week of meetings that were going to cost us twenty some twenty thousand dollars to do. We had never done anything like that. Well, before we even got there, the Lord started speaking. We were, my wife and I were home at our uh, uh, house in Virginia Beach, and the Lord started dealing with us um, for for the Sunday service about sowing a seed. Now, let me tell you, these things work together. These are not all, what I'm teaching you this week, these things are not independent of one another. All of these things work together. It all works together. You can't simply, watch, you can't simply just obey God's calling for your life, but stop sowing seed and thinking, well, just because I'm obeying, then the, the blessing's coming in. No, and I can't simply just give seeds in an offering and then reject all of God's instructions and say, no, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I'm going to, I'm going to go the direction I want to go with this ministry. It's not my ministry. It's not my, it's not, you, you have to think the same way about yourself. It's not my business. It's God's business. It's not my future. It's God's future. But see, they all work together. But just because I give and then obey God's uh, instructions for my life doesn't mean that I can give up my stewardship and never steward the resources God's given me and, and, and do foolish things with my finances. It all works together. It all works together. So the Lord was speaking to us. Um, yes, clean hands. All that information's at miracleword.com uh, forward slash give. And thank you. Um, so the Lord's speaking to me and saying, and my wife's the same. Again, one thing I'll tell you, my wife and I, when we feel to give, the Lord will speak to both of us. And in the few times that he hasn't spoken the same thing to both of us, 
We'll, we'll look at each other and whoever has the bigger amount in their spirit, we'll go with that. We go with that. I go, I always go with the bigger amount. It's happened a few times where my wife has had a bigger amount in her spirit than I felt in mine. Sometimes double what I felt. I said, no, go with that. Go with what you feel in your spirit. There's times that I've had a bigger amount, sometimes by double or more than double. And my wife will say, no, do what you feel to do. Do what you feel to do. We come into agreement on that seed uh, before we sow it. So um, we're staying there and we both feel this to sow everything we had at that time. We were in our, uh, you know, young 20s uh, to sow everything that we had in our savings into the kingdom of God, knowing, knowing that we had this crusade coming up, knowing that we, it was going to cost us $20,000 or whatever, knowing we had that coming up. And the Lord says, take everything you have and sow it. And so at that time, I think we don't, we only had like $5,000 saved up in a side account between the accounts that we had. It was only like $5,000. Well, that biggest thing we'd ever done in our whole life, biggest seed we'd ever sown. But can I tell you, I wasn't upset to sow it. I wasn't mad about sowing it. I didn't get irritated because the Lord told me to do it. No, we were both excited to do what the Lord was telling us to do. Both excited. So we took that and we you know, put the, put them into the same place and wrote that check for $5,000 and sowed that seed in the offering, knowing what we were going to need coming up. And can I tell you that when we did that thing, somebody was recently asking me, do you have these instructions from the Lord often where the Lord's asking you to give these sacrificial seeds, things that look like you almost can't afford it. And, um, there's only been a few times in my, in my life where the Lord has asked us to sow something that looked like we couldn't afford it. God's not expecting you to sow what you don't have. He's expecting you to sow what you do have. See that God's not asking you to, uh, shirk all of your responsibilities and go and let your family go hungry and all those other things so that you can sow a seed. No, the Bible says a man that does not take care of his household or or, or, or take care of his family, that's a Christian man, is worse than an, uh, an infidel or a pagan. No, God expects us to take care of our families. God does not expect us to sow what we don't have. He expects us to sow what we do have. But we had it. And we knew that that was an instruction from the Lord. He was testing us to see if we would obey what he asked us to do. We sowed the seed. And happily. It's like that scripture in Isaiah chapter 1. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. It's not just about being obedient. It's about being willing. Let me say that again. It's not just about being obedient. It's about being willing. You know, you can grudgingly obey. Well, I don't feel like doing it, but I'm going to do it anyway because the Lord... No, that's not what God's looking for. Uh, the Lord told me to do it, so I feel like I got to do it. And so I'm, I'm going to sow this seed because he told me, but I don't feel... No, willing and obedient willing and obedient, and you'll eat the good of the land. You've got to be willing and obedient. So let me tell you, we were very willing and we were very happy because God loves a cheerful giver. We were very happy. We sowed that seed. Well, the time came for that, that crusade to happen and the Lord began to provide. The Lord began to provide one thing after another. And it's like every single thing that we had uh, to pay to, to complete that crusade, it's like God took care of those things one by one even the land, you know, this was like a miracle. It's not, it wasn't like a miracle. It was a miracle. <laughs> this was like a miracle. And it was a miracle. 
the, the land that we were going to own, uh, that we were going to hold the crusade on was owned by the YMCA. And so I went to them and I said, listen, we want this land to hold this tent crusade. And, uh, they, I don't know if they were just confused or, or it wasn't communicated properly, but they said, yeah, we'll give it to, you know, we'll give it to you for what, for the day? No. I said, no, no, we don't want it for a day. We need it for eight days. We need it for eight days, six day crusade, a day to set it up before a day to take it down after on the, and they said, oh no, this, this property, we've never given it to anybody for longer than one day. I said, well, talk to the board about it. Talk, you know, talk to whoever you need to talk to. But we don't need one day, we need eight days. And uh, I'm waiting to get their quote, you know, how much is it gonna cost me to get this land for this eight day crusade? Well, they came back after talking to whoever and then said, all right, well, we'll, we'll compromise it with you. We're, we'll give you the land for, um, I think it was four days, three or four days. I said, no, no, we don't need three or four days. I said, we need eight days eight days, please go and talk about it again and come back and talk to me. The next time they came back, they said, all right, we'll give you the land for, for the full eight days. And they said, you know, we looked over what you're doing and we're impressed with what you're doing. We want to get behind it. And they said, we're going to give you the land at no charge. Hallelujah. No rent, no lease, nothing. We're going to give you the land at no charge. And so just by obeying the Lord, by the time we got to the meeting, Think about this. By the time we got to the meeting, every single thing was covered. Every single bill was paid. There was not with, with extra, I mean, which means extra because every offering that was received in the crusade was over and above the budget. So that means more than enough. Hallelujah. That means more than enough. So God took care of it before we sang the first song on the first night, every bill was paid. And it wasn't, it wasn't just the crusade. We rented all the blow-ups and all kinds of stuff for the kids, face painting. We bought groceries. We fed a thousand people. I mean, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff to bless the community. But everything was taken care of with extra, with extra. What's the story? It's God's idea. It's his plan. And so just obeying what the Lord said to do. We're sowers. So harvest has to come back. Harvest has to come back. Let me tell you. Yes, it was the biggest thing we'd ever done, but it was also the biggest seed we'd ever sowed. Hallelujah. Yes, it was the biggest thing we'd ever done, but it was the biggest seed we'd ever sowed. And because we did, because we were obedient, God took care of everything. There wasn't even one bit of heaviness, weight, wondering, how's it going to, no, there was no stress. There was no pressure. God just took care of everything that was needed with extra, with extra. That's how it works. Many people, they neglect this side of how to be blessed is to do what the Lord is speaking to you to do. That's what um, Jesus' mother told the servants in John chapter two. Remember, they needed a miracle of what? Provision. What did he say? What does she say? Whatever he tells you to do, do it. That is the key right there. Do what he says. And as the men of God spoke to me all through the years, do only do what he says. Only do what he says. Hallelujah. Only do. 
I can remember, I've told this story multiple times, but it bears repeating now. I remember reading in one of Brother, ha I was listening to Brother Hagin this morning, uh, preaching on El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. But I remember him saying that, uh, and you've heard me tell this story, the Lord woke him up in the morning early and spoke to him that there was a financial recession coming to America. And then gave, what did he do? Gave Brother Hagin instructions about what he needed to do in his ministry before that happened. So what is God doing? Leading him to take actions. Leading him to take actions. So what did he do? He said, I wrote those things down as the Lord is speaking to me. Um, I've got a notepad and I'm writing those things down that I, that I hear in my spirit, writing them down step by step. He said, I didn't delay to put those things into practice. I didn't delay to put those things into practice. I immediately did it. I immediately did it. I went into my office that day and began to put those things into practice. And some of the things the Lord told him said, I never told you to hire this person. Let them go. I never told you to get involved in these ministries. Let that come to an end. It was one thing after another. The Lord spoke to him and he obeyed it that very day. He said, well, that time of recession did come to America. And he said, I noticed that there were other ministries that had to pull back from what they were doing. They went off television. They went off radio. They lost whatever, lost properties, whatever it was. But he said this. We didn't lose a thing. He said, in fact, not only did we not lose anything, he said all of the cash that was necessary to build the Rama campus. Now they've got the church, they've got the Bible school. He said all that was necessary to build the campus came in cash during that time that was supposedly a recession. So notice that when everybody else is going backwards, he's going forward. Why? Because he got instruction from the Lord. He got instruction from the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's what instruction does. That's what instruction does. When God has a plan for your life, that's how it comes to pass. He not only gives you an order, he then pays for what he orders when you're obedient. Amen. Put it in the comments if you haven't already. God pays for what he orders. Such an important thing to get in your spirit. God only pays for what he orders. If we choose what we're going to do, then we pay for it. If we make up our own plans and the Lord's not building the house, we're responsible to pay for it. But when God orders something, he pays for it. He pays for it. You know, it's like even with the church, even with the church that, you know, that we just launched the church. Um, it's been supernatural to watch God provide as we've moved forward with each step, God has provided each step of the way as we've gone forward. You know, even when we began, you know, there was a lot of gear to buy for the church, you know, uh, audio, video, lighting, gear, and um, about $150,000 worth of it. Well, we didn't go take out a small business loan. The Lord provided the Lord provided what was necessary. And literally we bought every, before we had our first church service, before we took one offering in a church service, God provided and we paid cash for every single thing that was needed for the launch of the church before we had one church service. 
And so we didn't have to go in debt to do it. God provided it. And I'm very thankful because one of the things we've said since the beginning of this is that this is not my church. This is not our church. This is the Lord's church. This is the Lord's church. And because it's the Lord's church, he takes care of his own church. And so every single thing we needed, all hundred and it was just over, I believe, $150,000 to pay for the lights, the cameras, the gear, the, all the stuff we need, everything we need. Not only that, the, the, uh, the truck, because we realized quickly that if, uh, if, if we're going to have all this gear and we're mobile right now, we don't have a building, we're going to need somewhere to put this gear. <laughs> we're going to need somewhere to store this gear and take it around town. We're going to need a big box truck. And um, we found a 26-foot box truck, diesel engine, freight liner, beautiful truck, electric lift gate. And uh, I was in uh, revival services with my father in Atlanta, Georgia, Roswell, Georgia. And Jenna started looking for a truck because we needed one and found one. And I said, where is it at? She said, it's right there in Atlanta. You can go look at it. We went down, saw it, perfect for everything we needed, literally paid cash and had it shipped down to Florida. Now where we're using it for the church. Everything that we've done that the Lord's asked us to do has been by his instruction. But not only has it been by his instruction, but on top of that, it's been by his provision. Hallelujah. It's not just been by his instruction. It's been by his provision. Thank you, Jesus. Why? And I want you to write this down. This is so vital. My obedience to his instruction brings his provision. My obedience to his instruction brings his provision. Put that in the comments. My obedience to his instruction brings his provision. Glory to God. And I'll just, I'll show you a couple things. I'm, I'm going to hit you with something that's very interesting. Uh, the Lord showed me this. But you know how it worked for Abraham, right? The Bible says God spoke to Abraham. Take your son, your only son, Isaac, to the land of Moriah and take him where? To the mountain that I will show you. That's so interesting. Offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So that's Abraham literally being led by God's spirit. Offer him on one of the mountains that I will tell you. And then he finally finds it. Look at verse nine. And when they came to the place which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there, laid the wood in order to bound, and bound Isaac. His son laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Notice he built an altar there. That's so vital. He built an altar there, not anywhere but where the Lord told him to be. That's going to make sense in a minute. It's going to make a lot of sense in a minute. The Bible says he built an altar there, not just in a random place in Moriah and not just in some, any, any random place, land of Moriah on a mountain that I'll show you. So finally he goes to Moriah, that's obedience, finds that mountain, goes to the top and says, now Lord, here I am. All right, now build the altar in the place that I'm showing you. And when he did, and of course, you know the story, the angel stopped him before he sacrificed Isaac. But the Bible says in verses 13 and 14, look at this. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked 
And behold, behind him was a ram, glory to God, caught in a thicket by its horns. And Abraham went, took the ram, and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of what? That place. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mountain of the Lord, it shall be provided. Do you see that? That is such a powerful revelation. That is such a powerful revelation. Notice, he didn't call God. He said, I'm going to call this place. This place is Jehovah Jireh. This place is the Lord will fight. Why? Because if he'd have done his own thing, if he'd have gone anywhere he wanted to go and done anything he wanted to do, he would have missed out on the blessing. He would have sacrificed his son for nothing because he wasn't in the place God called him to be. But when he went to the place that God called him to be, the Bible says there was already a ram caught up in the thicket. Hallelujah. There was already provision. As I've preached many times before, it had to be a spotless ram or else God would not have accepted it. The perfect blessing was stashed in his place of obedience. The perfect blessing was stashed in his place of obedience. If he'd have gone anywhere else, he'd have missed it. He would have missed it. Go a couple chapters over, Genesis 26. Isaac, the son that was going to be sacrificed, now he's learning to hear God. The Bible says, even though there was a famine in the land, Besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham, Isaac went to Gerar, to the Abimelech, king of the Philistines, and the Lord appeared to him and said, don't go down to Egypt, dwell in the land of which I shall tell you. Sojourn in this land and I'll be with you and bless you. For to you and your offspring, I'll give all these lands and I will establish the oath I swore to Abraham, your father. I'll multiply your offspring. And he starts talking about how he'll bless him. But notice what he says. Don't go down to Egypt. That's what Abraham did. Don't do what your father did. Don't do what your father did. Do what I'm showing you to do. Do what I'm showing you and I'll be with you there. And I'll, that's the key. And I'll bless you there. Notice, you, you're, and I, I want you to see this, put it in your notes, put it in the comments. My blessing is location-based. My blessing is location-based. Same with Isaac, same with Abraham. My blessings, look at verse six. So Isaac settled in Gerar, the place God told him to go. My blessing is location-based. So why do you say that? Because if you do something or go somewhere, the Lord's telling you to go somewhere else. Do you think he's gonna bless you for disobedience? No, he blesses your obedience. That's why it's so vital that when God gives you a word, an instruction, move quickly on that thing. Move quickly on that thing. And look at verses 12, 13, and 14. And Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. He had possessions of flocks and herds and many servants, so that the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped and filled with earth all the wells his father, the servants had dug in, dug in the days of his, Abraham his father. And Abimelech, king of the Philistines, said to Isaac, go away from us. For you're much mightier than we are. You're much mightier than we are. Notice, do you think God would have blessed him that way if he went down to Egypt anyway? No. The blessing was in Gerar. 
The blessing was in the place God told him to be. Go to the place I'm telling you. See, it's all about the instruction of the spirit. It's all about what is God telling me to do and then do that thing. What is God telling me to do and then do that thing? My blessing is location-based. Listen, when I was driving in my vehicle from Pittsburgh to Rochester, New York, and the Lord said to me, move your family and yourself from where you're living down to South Florida. Told me exactly where to move. Told me what church to go to. Told me all those things. Do you think I could just say to God, no thanks, I'm good where we're at. Do you think I can just say, hey, no thanks, Lord, we're gonna stay right here in Virginia Beach. Do you think that God would keep blessing me as I just stayed there in my resistant obedience, disobedience? No, God doesn't bless disobedience. So if I would have just said, no, we're good here in Virginia, Lord, you know, we got family here and you know, we got, um, you know, a house here and you know, it's, it's nice. It's centrally located on the East coast Lord. And so we're, we're happy to just stay here. So no, thank you. We, we, no, that's not how it works. He's the master. I'm the servant. The Lord is the master. I'm the servant. When he gives me an instruction, it's not a suggestion. Woo. That's, that's a word for somebody, man. Get that in your heart. When God gives an instruction, it's not a suggestion. Please put that in the comments. Please put that in the comments. When God gives you an instruction, it's not a suggestion. Thank you, Lord. And so I'm driving from Pittsburgh to Rochester. And the Lord speaks to me in the middle of the night as I'm praying in tongues. Move your family from Virginia Beach to South Florida. Tells me where to go, where to live, where to go to church, everything. I can't say no thanks, Lord. That's an instruction and it's not a suggestion. Not a suggestion. So I immediately, as soon as I heard that, called my wife and said, hey, listen to what the Lord's telling me to do. He's telling me that we're, we need to move ourselves to South Florida. Well, she'd already lived there before in her past. She said, I'm not going back there. And, and when I called her, she said, oh man, because she'd been in the past saying, I'm not going back there ever. No, no, it's not a suggestion. It's an instruction. And when God gives the instruction, it's never a suggestion, never. And so we did as quickly as we could, what the Lord told us to do. Left, rented that house out, came down here, got settled as quickly as we could. Got down here as quickly as we could. And God bless, well, I didn't know what God has for the future, but see how the Lord's setting up, Lord's setting things up. I didn't know that the Lord was gonna speak to us to launch a church along with our traveling ministry. I didn't know we were gonna launch a church. I had no idea. But where's the church going to be? South Florida. Well, if I would have said, no, thanks, Lord. We're good up here in Virginia. I'd have missed not only all the blessings of eight years of living here under the instruction of the Lord. Look at all that God's done. Gave us these locations here. Gave us uh, the building up there. Gave us all this gear, all the stuff that he's done. I mean, all the ways, all the staff, all the open doors, the television ministry, the increase. That's all, all of the things that God's done have been done through our obedience to his instruction. That's it. That is it. It's not because I'm special. It's not because I'm somebody. I'm telling you, it's because of the Lord's instruction and our obedience. Quick obedience. Amen. I like that Erica said, act quickly and you'll be blessed quickly. That's what I'm teaching. Act quickly and you'll be blessed quickly. Let me show you what happens to some people. 
because they don't like the word they get and their flesh fights against it. You know, your flesh will fight against. Let me just tell you how my flesh, because I'm no different than anybody else. You got to take over. You, you can't let your flesh take over. You have to take over. And so I was the same. And my flesh immediately started speaking back. I was like, well, you know, you know, that's a much more expensive area down there than where you're living. And, you know, property, real estate and blah, blah, blah. And then, and then, you know, because at that time of our ministry, we're still kind of mostly driving our family to all of our revivals, you know, <clears throat> we'd fly some, but we'd drive a lot of times. And then here, here comes my flesh. Well, Lord, if we go down there to the bottom of South Florida, then we're going to have to drive. It's going to take a whole day just to drive out of the state of Florida. You know, it's going to take forever to get anywhere that we're going in the revival. Not even realizing, you know, and not the, the flesh doesn't think about the things of the spirit. So knowing, you know, if God's taking you somewhere, he's going to increase you. He's going to increase you. And of course, as we moved and everything God did, we began to fly everywhere, fly our family everywhere, fly our staff with us everywhere we go to do these revival services. God provides it all. God increases us, does all the things that need to be done. But see, your flesh fights back. Well, what are we going to do? Because it's more expensive and then it's down on the tip of Florida and blah, blah, blah. And there's all these different things your flesh will say to you when God gives you an instruction to get you to not obey the instructions of the Lord, to not do it. But I mean, let me show you something because here, this hit my spirit today. This hit me hard. Look at this. If you have your Bible, you can uh, open it here. If you're taking notes, write this down. Go back in your Bible, highlight and underline. This is the book of Jonah. Very short book, four chapters. The book of Jonah, chapter one. Listen to this. Uh, I'll start in verse one, Jonah 1.1. 1, 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. So what is that? An instruction from the Lord. God just gave him an instruction. Do what I'm telling you. But look at verse 2, or verse 3, I should say. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He didn't want to do it. And if you go back culturally, you'll understand why. But he didn't want to do it. He rose to flee to Tarshish from what? The presence of the Lord. Not only am I going to disobey you, Lord, I'm trying to get away from your voice. I'm trying to get away from your presence. Hmm. But connect these two things together. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare. Look at that. I'm reading from the ESV. So he paid the fare. I went down into it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. Notice when Jonah did whatever he wanted to do, he paid the fare, right? Whenever Jonah did what he wanted to do, he paid the fare. Amen. And I want you to put it in the comments this way. When I do my own thing, I pay the bills. When I do my own thing, I pay the bills. When I do God's thing, he pays the bills. Amen. When I do God's thing, he pays the bills. Look at verse four. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea. 
there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid and each cried out to his God and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and laid down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, what do you mean you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. Notice this. Jonah's disobedience was not just affecting his life. Now it was affecting other people's lives. You know what is is interesting? My obedience, your obedience won't just affect your life. It'll affect other people's lives. Your obedience won't just bless your life. It'll bless other people's lives. Amen. Amen. You know, it makes me happy just to know that we've obeyed the voice of the Lord, you know, just opened up a miracle word church out of nothing, literally out of nothing, but an, an instruction in our obedience. And there's already people that are coming. Thank you so much. I had somebody come to the church and, and when they came to the church, church had already ended. They had come from another part of the city. They said, we heard you launch the church. And when they came in, they fell down. The guy gave me a hug. He said, I, and I felt to pray for him. Everybody was already gone. It was just me and the, uh, a couple of, of people tearing down left. And uh, he came in late. He said, man, I'm sorry I'm late. I wanted to come over here and see you. I heard you launched the church. And uh, I felt to give him a word from the Lord. I prayed. Power of God hit him. He fell out under the power just down by the chairs, you know, as they're breaking down. Service isn't even going on. And uh, I said, give him all of our books. And so I get up and he gets up off the floor and I'm getting ready to go. And he runs over and, knee- and falls down on his knees and just starts hugging my legs. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for launching this church. Thank you, thank you for bringing this to to West Palm Beach. I've been praying for something just like this. I've been praying. Well, let me tell you, my obedience was not just a blessing to me, but a blessing to him. It's been a blessing to others. There's people that have moved here just to be a part of Miracle Word Church. It's a blessing to them. Hallelujah. It's a blessing to them. So look, the same is true with your life. When you're obedient to the instructions of the Lord, then guess what? It's not just going to be a blessing to you. It's going to be a blessing to other people around you. And that's how it's going to work. It doesn't just affect you. But in the same way, disobedience to God's instruction doesn't just affect you. It will affect people that are around you. Notice it said, the Bible said all the people on the ship were afraid. You know why? The Lord was judging him for his disobedience, but they were in They were in the path, collateral damage. And so, you know the story. They throw Jonah into the sea. And the Bible says in verse 17, and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And then what happens? The, the fish took Jonah straight to Nineveh and threw him up on the shore. Notice, no fares were paid. <laughs> God covered the fare. God's fish, God took him. That, I mean, that's, that's an actual principle. The Lord 
arranged his transportation. <laughs> Might not have been what he wanted. He was in disobedience. But the Lord arranged his transportation. The Lord took care of him, brought him there. Did he die in there? No, he didn't die. He got to go and do what the Lord was asking him to do. He got to go accomplish the will of God. But notice that when he disobeyed, when he ran from the presence of the Lord, the Bible says he paid the fare. That struck me so hard today that if we'll simply do what the Lord is telling us to do, hallelujah. I love this testimony from Cameron. I had one word from the Lord to hold a crusade in East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, this past weekend, the amount of people that helped was too much to count. All I started with was a word and everything was provided for. Praise God. Everything was provided for him after he obeyed the word to move forward. That's how it works. That's how it works. That's how it works with everything. The purpose of your life, the instructions God gives you to sow seed. That's why, you know, if you've ever been in any of our revival services, and I'm going to pray, if you've ever been in any of our revival services, you'll know that when I receive an offering, I don't only encourage people's faith before we give, but I always pray. We always pray and ask God to speak to us. Why do we do that? Because I don't want to do anything that's different than what God speaks to me to do. I mean, it's so funny. People think, yeah, prayer works. And people think prayer stops working when the offering's happening. Or they think God stops speaking when the offering's happening. No, the Lord is interested in your financial well-being. He wants you to be in overflow. Hallelujah. Wants you to be in overflow. And when you step out and obey and do the things the Lord's asked you to do, let me tell you, God pays the bills. He pays for what he orders. Don't make the mistake and run into the obstacle of missing out on financial freedom, financial blessing, because you've ignored the instructions of God. You've not pursued the purpose that God's placed on your life, ministry, business, family, whatever. And that's the key. That's the key. Look at that. Jennifer saying, last night, the Lord told me while I was at the store to tell two people about Jesus that were standing outside the store but I didn't listen. When I got home, I realized I had to go back to the store and uh, went back. Go back and do what he told me to do. Yes. Don't miss the instruction of God. Do what he's asked you to do. It's so vital. And you don't even realize that as you're doing it, that it's, as I said, it's not just you that are affected. So many people are affected by your obedience. So many people are affected. Can you imagine, I'll talk about it on a grand scale for a second. Can you imagine if Billy Graham had said to the Lord, no, I don't feel to be a preacher. I don't feel to go into the ministry. How many people would have been lost because he missed out on his purpose and his calling? What if the, the, the man that we're giving you his autobiography this month, uh, Dr. Reinhard Bonnke, what if he had said, no, thank you, Lord. I don't feel to be a preacher. I'm going to do something else with my life. How many millions of people would have ended up in hell? because he rejected the instruction of God for his life. When you obey God's instruction, it doesn't just affect you. It will affect many others. You're called to make great impact. You're called to make great impact. Your life is important. Your obedience is important. And as I said, these things don't work independently of one another. They work together. They work together. As I showed you, with every example that I've given you today, it's not about just hearing the voice of God. It's not just about obeying, but it's also about connecting your sowing with your obedience. 
That's why I believe spirit-led sowing is the best possible sowing that you can do. Spirit-led sowing is the best possible sowing that you can do. Why? Because you are getting an instruction from the provider. He's the one that knows where he's taking you. He knows what you'll need when you get there. And I believe spirit-led sowing. I know that there are times, the Bible says, that we can determine in our heart how much we'll give. But you know what I'd like to do instead? I'd like to pray and say, Lord, would you give me an instruction? Would you give me a a direction about my giving? Because that's what I want. I want to be led by the Spirit. Amen. I feel to pray for people today, today that are watching me live or on the replay or listening on the podcast, and you feel as though you've not yet attacked your purpose. You've not yet stepped into the thing you're truly called to do. You're tired of wandering. You're tired of floundering. You're ready to not only hear the voice of the Lord, but get started in your life, attacking your purpose, going after the thing God's created you and called you to do. Father, I pray for them right now. If they are in a place where they've not yet heard you clearly, they don't see, they don't feel like they know yet what it is you've asked them to do. I pray you'd speak to them. Let this be a week that you speak to your precious people, that you would take them into a place of clarity where they know where to go, what to do, how to proceed. And Lord, as you give those instructions, I pray that their faith would be at an all-time high to hear the instruction, to receive it, and obey it quickly in Jesus' name. As they obey you, I thank you that doors are swinging wide open for them. I thank you, Lord, that blessings are flowing abundantly in Jesus' name. Lord, right now, I ask you to give every one of us an an instruction uh, and, and direction about what we are to give. What does our seed this week look like into the kingdom of God? And Lord, as we sow this seed today, we thank you. You have harvests planned. We thank you that the future's brighter. It's getting better and better and better. We're going to make it on another level. We thank you, Lord. This is our year for financial miracles in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We give you honor and praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let me encourage you to do right now what the Lord spoke to you to do. As I said, don't delay. Quick obedience brings quick blessings. And the Lord is already speaking to people right now. He's spoken to you about what you're to sow today, what you're to sow into the kingdom of God. And you know what? I want to encourage you with this. I want to encourage you to partner with this ministry. If you've never stepped out by faith to partner with me and Carolyn and Miracle Word, today's the day. Step in. God's attaching people to this ministry from all over this nation and in other nations. But maybe the Lord's speaking to you today to stand with us financially on a monthly basis. What is it that you can do on a monthly basis to believe God that this generation will be shaken by his power? You can always go to miracleword.com, click on the partner page and see everything that we're doing, but sow your seed and stand with us on a monthly basis. Why? Because time is running out. Jesus is coming soon. And we're going to do everything we can to see this generation change before he does come. But here's the thing. God will bless you abundantly for your partnership and for your giving. Did you know that's what Paul, I read, actually read this this morning. I was in Philippians this morning. That's what Paul said to the Philippian church. A lot of times we quote that. My God will supply all my my needs. That's not what the Bible says. It says, and my God 
will supply all your needs. He's speaking to the Philippians. You know why? Because he says this, when I started my ministry in the gospel, you were the only church, the only church that entered into partnership with me. Think about that. Philippians 4, and the Bible says, verse 15, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. They were the only ones. The things he was saying to them were a response to what they had already done. You were the only church to enter into partnership. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Notice verse 19, and my God will supply every need of yours. He's not talking about himself. He's talking about them. They were qualified for financial harvests. Why? Because they stood in partnership with the apostle Paul and his ministry. That's what I'm encouraging you today. God's going to take you to another level this year in the name of Jesus Christ. Every obedient sower, every obedient giver, God's taking you to another level. I'm believing that this will be a year that God will cause you to be debt free in Jesus name, debt free by the power of the Holy ghost. Doesn't matter what's hanging over your head. I'm asking God to supernaturally either pay off or cancel debts in the name of Jesus Christ. And I know he'll do it. He's done it for so many before he'll do it again. That's what I'm teaching this week. Financial freedom to where you're walking in a place where you're not under a a heavy feeling all the time, always upset because you're having to figure out how you're going to make ends meet. No, God's going to take care of you to the place where you're not wondering how you're going to make it, but you're actually looking for other people to bless because you are blessed to be that blessing. You're called to overflow onto other people. You're called to be a blessing to those around you. You'll have so much that others will get blessed from your overflow. Hallelujah. That's going to be your story in Jesus' name. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.